0: Today's episode of Lord Have Mercy is brought to you by Truce. For any divorced or separated families who are looking for ways to stay organized and track information, try Truce, the free app for confident co-parenting. Check it out at truce.com. That's T-R-U-E-C-E E.com. You are listening to Lord Have Mercy, a podcast about God, sex, and the Bible. This episode, I sit down with Jasmine Fitzgerald, AKA Jazz. Have you watched that Chelsea Handler Netflix thing where there's like a dinner party and you're just sitting around and shooting the shit? That's exactly what this felt like, just sitting around with the Jazz at QCF, having a drink. Uh, it was actually the day that I launched the app. So it was a very good convo. Jazz is a student in her third semester at the University of Colorado. She is the founder of You Are Welcome Here, a conference centered on being interfaith and LGBTQIA+, inclusive and affirming. And uh, now let's start the show.
1: I um, attended CCU, Colorado Christian University. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was fun. Um, kind of went through like a conversion experience of my own in '09. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the basketball. I wasn't there to like engage in any kind of religiosity or anything like that. Um, uh, my parents are not Christian. Um, oh. yeah, yeah. So it was a very, it was interesting to move, to move from that space to then a very Christianized space. To were they like
0: anti-religion? No,
1: no, they no, were no, just they like, had their own thing. They're like, meh. yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. They
0: believe in spirituality. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a little something.
1: Yeah, exactly um so yeah going from that to that um it was really different but I mean I um I knew that I was gay um how'd you you, know
0: you were gay like who who knows
1: you know you just like something something I just felt really different you know and I mean everybody just feels like
0: it's really easy to feel different I think like in straight spaces right Yeah. where everyone else is vibing off of something you're just like no
1: yep (laughs) Nah, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want that one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I struggled with that at CCU. Because obviously, like, I was... You were allowed to say that you struggled with SSA or same type attraction. But you weren't allowed to say that you were gay. Um, and so once I was given that language for that... Um, I kind of like ran with it because I was like, this is the only way that I can talk about this in yeah. this, like, community. Struggler for life. Right, exactly, <laughs> you know. Um, and, yeah, it's the only way that I can really communicate with my, like, my friends. Yeah. You know, and I needed community, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I was soon, I was soon kind of made, like, the ex-gay poster child of mm-hmm. my campus. I, like, spoke a lot of different things and... Um, I was never really sold on it, that I mm-hmm. was ex-gay. It was just kind of given to me. It was almost like I would just meet different people, different mentors, and it was just kind of like something that was like, okay, that, I can do that.
0: Yeah, you're just moving through the education world, and you're just exactly. like, this is another thing that I've learned to do. Yeah, or and you be. do what you
1: do to keep your community. Yeah. And, um, but my senior year, I was hired as an RA, and then fired a couple months in for being gay. Um, it was considered a rest student university. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it wasn't like they caught you with somebody. They were just know. like, "You, you look
0: dangerous." I mean, there's a lot of stuff that went into
1: it. There was another another person. Look at that face. There was another RA. You look involved. dangerous. I know. You look sneaky. I know. So another RA went through something, and then because of what happened with that RA, yeah, they thought that I would do this exact same thing. Okay. It was just like they a, were like, "Let's cut our losses. Let's move on." Yeah, because well, they had after that had happened with that RA. Um, I mean, they had people calling, like, donors and stuff like that, being, like, we're going to pull our money. Like, why would you ever hire gay RAs? Like, why would you do that? Like, and so they knew, That's the
0: only thing that huh? they have.
1: That's it. It's,
0: like, the donors or the board or, like, and it's, like, these, they're only humans.
1: Literally They are people. Yeah.
0: And usually super old people. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That's not fair. But, yeah, we've all been there.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, after being out for, like, a, a couple of years now, like, I, I mean... The stories are so common within the Christian community, especially between different faith groups as well, um, which is really, really sad.
0: It's sad, but, I mean, every time I hear them, it doesn't make it less impactful. Mm -hmm. In fact, hearing them is like therapy for me. Mm. I'm like, yeah, we're the same thing. I've been looking for you. Yeah. You know, and then the next person, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) uh, My heart. Yeah. Seriously, like, I think that's, like, probably, like, one of the major themes of the podcast is Mm. constantly talking about, your awakening moment you know and usually it's people who were um hyper religious for a long time and then had like an awakening moment like isaac yeah very rarely do i get to talk to people who are like no i bought into the religion part but i was strong enough to know that like the other stuff was not applicable Hmm. how would you attribute would you say that your parents are the ones who like instilled that in you or just like a strong sense of self
1: I don't know if I would say that I I had a strong sense of self. I mean, I feel like I bought into it pretty hard at CCU. I bought into the religiosity pretty hard. I was pretty, like, capital T Truth was, like, my thing. Mostly because, like, it, like... I don't know if it kept me safe, like, in this box of where I'm, like, okay, like... People know that I'm, like, same-sex attracted, you know? But they also know that, like, I'm, like... I don't know. I can't remember, like, some of the Christianese that I used to, like, used to spew. Um... Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a whole like, bunch of bullshit. I'm broken. Yeah. I'm saved.
0: Um, yeah. there's just like it, the lingo itself is like it's really hard to work your way out of the the language, the lexicon mm-hmm. um, and still be able to um, like tell like open up to people and let people know like what it is that you're feeling and thinking. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it was super ingrained and then i found that i it was my only way of really connecting with that community yeah. like if i'm not if i swear off these words and this language then i'm not going to be able to communicate with these people and that creates like
1: mm-hmm. even
0: even more isolation on my end which i'm not down with
1: yeah. At all. yeah 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 it's like it's a weird language that like it connected me to people you know and as soon as i got rid of that language i was seen as something that was like other and i was a uh, you know, I was no longer saved or redeemable. Mm-hmm. So and, then, what did you do after that? Um, well, I left seminary, so I graduated from CCU. I ended up finishing my degree because I needed Wait, to. Wait, you.
0: So you said that you were like a servant of the truth, and.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like look at those searching
0: ads. You're like God.
1: Oh. Like, well, it's I I feel like now, especially that I've been away from it for a while, because I like. I dropped out of seminary. I was admitted to a mental health facility after a suicide attempt, and I just was like, I need to not be in this community anymore. I can't. Um, took a year off, got admitted to a master's program at UCD, and the first semester was my, was my last semester. Um, I just didn't think about religion at all. I was like, I need to just like, kind of be who I am. And it was so, such a free moment. I was just like, was I can walk sad. into spaces with this haircut and not have to announce that I'm gay and not have to, like, announce that, like, I'm still following the truth or I still believe in Jesus or yeah. whatever, you know, because yeah. those things, of course. People don't care. Yeah, exactly. You can just kind of be who you are. And then this, this semester, and this past semester, I guess, it was, I have been in school for a while, I think. <laughs> it just, just keeps on going. Um, I felt kind of called back to it, to deal with it, and, and deal with it in a sense of, like, th- it's not just me that's gone through this kind of stuff. Um... So I got a job at the LGBTQ Resource Center at my my school and um, told my bosses, I was like, I would love to start an interfaith group on campus for LGBTQ folks. And
0: And they were like, great, let's do it. That's awesome. Yeah. But I think that like the other side of the story is that so many of us have that like, wow, oh my God, coming out moment. But then so many of us also have that wrestling with suicidality and self Destruction, and I don't know. I guess we don't really. That is not so much fun to focus on and talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that. So right after I got out of Medell facility, I wrote, I wrote a blog that kind of started this all. It's I called it "You Are Welcome Here." Um, and I wrote about how in that facility I felt more welcomed than I ever felt welcomed at a church. Yeah. Or at my like. So university. sad. Ah. Yeah, because I walked in there and all the women they. We just we sat together we colored for hours on end you know you know because like literally like because you get dropped in there i mean you, i mean essentially you're on like this stretcher they they roll you in you feel, it's just really really weird experience yeah and they kind of drop you off you get admitted you like get strip search- searched and then you shower and get like your clothes on mm-hmm. and then you're sitting in this weird like living room with like nine other women and people are coloring people are reading and like nothing's really happening
0: i'm still stuck on getting get strip searched but yeah. anyway continue <laughs>
1: yeah oh yeah And you bend over cough everything no yeah oh my god yeah we had to do the whole thing um yeah and i mean it was and i wondered because nobody tells you anything when you're in there like i mean you kind of there are some nurses that are like that are there to help you and they kind of give you food or whatever but like You're kind of sitting there, and you're like, well, who do I... When do I get to talk to, like, a counselor? When do I get to talk to, like, a therapist? Like, when do I get to talk to, like, a doctor? And you're literally waiting on them to, like, deal with you. So I waited about two days before I talked to anyone. And I was just like, okay, so I guess I... I They just, like, plopped you in. Yeah. Just
0: just chill, man. Just take a... Yeah, (laughs) after a traumatic,
1: like, most traumatic moment of of my life that night, and then, like, it's still being, like, I mean, the, the space of it, I just started processing it now. Like this is two years later yeah and Jeez. so yeah i mean part of what i experienced there and the different phone calls that i got and the different experiences that i had with some of my friends that um that said that they could stick with me through it and then didn't yeah um yeah i mean i i feel like that's what you're welcome here it grew from that space of just like i don't want anybody else to have to feel like that to have to like feel that the only community that they actually We get to experience is when they get to their wits end of not wanting to live anymore and they get admitted to a mental health facility if they survive the attempt. Yeah. Like, I want to help be that that place where, like, folks can come from all different faith backgrounds because somehow Christianity is leading the way in being inclusive and affirming, a lot of different spaces for it. It's kind of crazy. It is crazy. When you look around and you're like... No, this is a a bizarre story. Like, this doesn't fit any
0: of the former molds.
1: No, it doesn't. <clears throat> doesn't
0: so my my guess my next question is, what is it that you learned in that space that you now use in Yahweh, which is like you're you're telling me that you like people are supposed to walk in or be a part of it and and have community, have access to their faith, be able to feel comfortable on their skin, whatever their gender identity or sexual orientation is, um and like everything in between race gender, whatever.
1: Yep. Yeah. um, I don't know. I feel like a big part of it is not being scared of other people that are different from you. And I feel like that's... Because when you walk into a mental facility, you're like, whoa, like, I'm here. I'm, like... Part of what the world deems disposable. There's a lot of shame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like weight on top of that.
1: And there's some people that I wonder. Women that I that I was that I was there with. I wonder. Some of them are probably still there. You know, been moved around the different places. One woman had been there for years. You know, things like that. Just like you think about like the 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 most vulnerable of this earth. (laughs) it's my (laughs) second phone that I bought. I love it. For like I don't
0: know with this app i just have tons of phones everywhere yeah anyway i get that
1: um but yeah i think that like i think that's like the interfaith part that like that really has has driven this and made this something that's totally other than what's happening right now in different spaces um
0: so this woman that you walked in and saw and mm -hmm. she's still there
1: Mm -hmm.
0: she did she have a faith background or like you're just explaining the situation sorry
1: Yeah, no.
0: Mm. I think that I would have been one of the homies hanging out coloring
1: because I love coloring so much. Did you color? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still have like a folder of everything I brought home with me from there. Um, Yeah and I mean it's, there are some people that like wanted to talk more and some people that um, more reserved, like one woman sat in the corner with her Bible the entire time that I was there and didn't, would never speak. Um, and her, her husband would come in and meet with her. They would like, we had like 30 minutes every night for visiting hours and that was it. And I remember her husband coming in and just sitting there with her and she would just be you kind know, of like, just a blank slate, like couldn't, yeah, she'd like, something happened and I have no idea what happened, but like, it was, it was very visible that like, really like all she wanted was survival and just to sit in the corner. And she ended up getting transferred somewhere else, not really sure, but, um yeah I mean there are plenty of women that were still there um, after I got discharged. And and how long was your stay? Almost five days. Because the hold that they place you on is for three days. 72 hours and then um, my therapist uh, she came into my room the day I was supposed to get discharged so I was just ready to get home. Because I just didn't really feel safe in the environment like it was very much like How do you feel safe to, like, be your most vulnerable self in a place where you get dropped off and not told where you are, like, or what you're doing, you know, for a few days and you have to, like, figure out, like, okay, how do I talk to my family about this, my friends, like, people that are being impacted and, like, but how do I also let this be, like, about me because, like, this is, like, my life, like, I get to choose to live it or not and so she came into my room and I was packing up my stuff and she was like, you're not going home today and I was like, why? Uh. <laughs> and she was like, you're one of like our harder clients jazz, because like you don't really show a lot of emotion. And so we don't really know like where you're at. And I was like, uh-huh. Like, cause it's, I mean, I don't feel safe here, you know? <laughs> um, and then she went on and t- told me a story about her daughter. Um, she said, my daughter is gay jazz. She went to a Christian university, got her degree in theology and is marrying her partner this summer. She's like, I believe that you can have that too. Tears. Automatic tears coming down from my face. Yeah.
0: Talk about divine intervention and like being in the right place.
1: Amazing. Yeah, she just sat there and told me that. And she was like, I just believe that for you. But you have to choose to want to live your life. And that may mean having to cut off some people. Maybe a whole community of people. In order to be able to live your life. And I was like sat there and journaled for like an hour or so and I um, and got out the next day.
0: That's incredible. That gives me tears. That's amazing. Do you still talk to that therapist? Does she still in your life?
1: No, I don't. She's, she's uh, she's like an in- in-clinic therapist so like I don't can't really have any contact with her. And
0: <coughs> it sounds like what you experienced was I mean, obviously, integral and very profound for your in your journey. Yeah. But um, it seems like you went into that space having already carried many of the tools you needed to get out, you know? Mm-hmm. You're very emotionally intelligent. People <laughs> must tell you that all the time. They do. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, but it was, I, mean, I don't know, it was just... Uh I was emotionally intelligent, and I have for the majority of my life, I would say. I mean, I feel like I've always been, I've always had to be more mature than, like, mm-hmm. my age. And, but I feel like in that, being in that space, in that facility like, I had to really trust that I was going to be loved when I got out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that changed everything for me. What happened after? Oh, man, it was a blur. Um, one of my... Uh-huh. One of my friends, uh, her name's Juanice, and she drove in the snow, and she hates driving in the snow. She was like, Jazz, you're gonna be fucking driving this damn snow, but she just, <laughs> she came and got me, because I, I stayed, it was in Colorado Springs, the place where I was at, and she, she's always been one of the realest people. We, she was, she was a, a senior when I was a freshman at CCU. She transferred over from C, CSU to the basketball, and nice. she had a year left, and, yeah. and she was never really down with the whole Christian thing. She was like, fuck it, Jazz, like, you know, like, I just want to love people. And she always did. She's like a sister to me. And on the you know, hour drive back, she um which she like bought me lunch, bought me groceries, like took care of me in a way that like no other like I don't know, like other Christians probably wouldn't, <laughs> you know, just because like <clears throat> whatever. And she was like, Jazz, like some people need to be out of your life, like now. And she's like, People that you think may stay, they're not gonna stay. She's like, you know that.
0: So she basically's like Seconded it. Uh huh. She was just like, "This is what's in your
1: head," and I'm going to say it out loud. Uh huh. And you know, she's super intuitive. Very. I mean, we barely ever ever see each other, but like, right when whenever I see her, she's like always there. The moments when, like, you know, like I really just need that truth. Yeah, we need friends like that. Yeah. <laughs> so after that drive, I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of different conversations that I had to have, and you know family was around and then I people had to trust that I was going to be okay to be able to live my life and I mean I would say for a while there I, I tried to um prove my competence mm-hmm. prove that I was able to live my life again that I didn't need to be watched mm-hmm. you know because um, you I mean you had in order to get out and to be discharged you had to fill out like a sheet of like here's who I'm seeing this day here's who I'm seeing this day here's who's staying with me tonight for at least 48 hours yeah um and i um i don't know i would say up until probably probably about 6 months ago i was still trying to prove my competence and was scared of emotions just because like you know because like it's it's it was hard cuz it's like I feel like if I'm going to be, like, emotional, people are going to be, like, do you need to see your counselor? Let's call Isaac. You know? Like, things like that. Like, and I'm just, like, no, bruh. Like, I'm if just, you, like, feeling shit. If you
0: have transitioned to the place where you are not scared of emotions, you are, like, head and tail uh-huh. above most of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm feeling things. Oh, so i got to go to my room. I can't do it. <laughs> but seriously. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. I mean, the recovery. Ugh. Yeah. And it's also terrifying.
1: It is. Yeah. And it's... But I mean, it's really been a journey of self-love. Really coming to that place of, like, I really like who I am. And I want you to like who you are. And so, like, let's do this shit together. So
0: you stopped trying. Yeah. You stopped trying, and did Uh it make your work better? Uh
1: Uh-huh. I mean, it it made the vision more clear. Mm Mm-hmm. Right from the very start. Like... As I planned this conference and then I had my first interfaith group meeting. My friend Ibrahim walked in the room, um, the only one from an Islamic background out of all of these Catholic, Christian, Pentecostal people, tells a story. And then I'm like, fuck it, we need to make this thing interfaith right now. Right now, you know? And then I was like, and I mean, this was, I mean, he would tell you this, like he just blossomed over the eight weeks of us meeting together. He was like, I just feel like I have a place. I have like, I'm a winner you know, like, yeah. and so it's like me, him and, and my f- my friend Mace, we're kind of like the leaders of this. They're the ones that I kind of bought into like the vision that i yeah I kind of gave him for your welcome here and and they're um because ultimately, like what we really want is to be able to like bring in leaders that from different faith backgrounds and different faith traditions and like help them to go and create spaces for folks who don't have those spaces to go yeah. to. like I got a phone call today at my office asking, hey, do you know of any like LGBTQ-inclusive mosques? And I was like, no. And Ibrahim's been doing research on that in Denver, and he hasn't found anything yet. So, but he's like, but I'm gonna go create something. And I was like, done, let's do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a space that's just like, it's, it's such a desert when it comes to LGBT people. Lord have mercy is brought to you by The Sorting Chat, a newish podcast where three women talk minutiae related to Harry Potter, drink, and laugh alongside occasional guest stars. Like any true literary lover would, they take J.K. Rowling's source material too seriously, but not so seriously that they can't make fun of themselves for it. They post on the first Thursday of each month and sometimes more. Visit thesortingchat.com. is the conference?
1: Um, I mean, it's gonna be a variety of different things.
0: Speakerships and it's gonna be like yeah. gonna be.
1: I mean, the same kind of, same kind of, um, design. Um, so we're gonna have, so I've already announced Paula Stone Williams as one of our speakers. Um, Paula, Paula's actually here in Denver and okay. she just, um, she's helping to plant left-hand church, which is in Boulder right now. Um, Paula, I like the sound of that. Yeah, you'll like... I mean, you'll love Paula so much. Paula's not speaking at GCN this year, I don't think. Um, she may be doing some kind of workshop or something like that. But Paula's spoken at GCM before. She did a TEDx talk here back in November. Oh. Um, amazing. Talking yeah. about, like, her story. And she transitioned late late in life and, like, lost everything. Um, as you do. <laughs> as, as you do. Yes, as such, you know, in this life. Um,
0: Man, like, who in the world doesn't lose everything?
1: Yeah. Like, I
0: guess if you're in the situation where you have these kinds of conflicting um, identities, you're used to these stories where it was like, then I fell in a hole and it was deeper and darker than any hole that anyone else ever fell in. Then I crawled out. Here I am today, you know, <laughs> yeah. but like, what about the rest of America? That's like, I fell into a pothole. Wait, I just tripped on my shoelaces. Yeah. (laughs) It was no hole. (laughs) Exactly. No. Exactly. What part of America gets to have that life, man? And are they happy?
1: I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, Paula talked about authenticity during her TEDx talk. Yeah. Um, Like, how always, how she feels like the the push to, like, always lead an authentic life and that the authenticity is what, like, brought her forward to live the most authentic life that she could. The call towards that. Um, so she's one of our speakers, and then I have four other ones that I haven't announced yet because we're, you know, playing the game of Give me money, and then I'm gonna give you money. Give me money, and then I'm gonna <laughs> give you money, you know? So I'm trying to make sure I have enough before I announce certain people and whatever else. But we have five speakers. One That's of them dope. reached out to me, and she's so helpful. Oh my gosh. Um, and then we have break sessions, and so what I wanted to do was to not only bring in people from off campus, but empower folks that are on campus. Yeah. Um, and so we have, I mean, Ibrahim and Mace are doing um, a session on the misconceptions of Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in focus more on like, the cultural side of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, I mean, we have um, my boss, Zahis Martinez, um, they are doing one on a new way of engaging spirituality, you know? Because, well, I mean, the conference is all about, um, like, like, devout and skeptic are both welcomed and, like, being able to be, like, hey, like, because I don't know, like, I have a Catholic background, but, like, I don't really believe it anymore, but, like, I experience these things, but, like, can I still come? I've heard that a lot, and I'm, like, yeah, like, you're the one we're looking for, (laughs) you know? Um, And so we have, like, stuff like that. We have probably, like, eight to nine breakout sessions right now, Um, trying to figure them out, and obviously, um, I mean, it's an ongoing process of trying to figure out what we're going to do with the certain things like that. But, um, one's on interpersonal violence and, um, faith spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I think Isaac is going to do some, um, mental health stuff and stuff like that. I was about to say,
0: like, how cool that you get Isaac to, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's the one who's doing, um, what's this conference called? GCN this year. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: can give you some pointers about, like, just the organizing part of it. Yeah.
1: But I love that kind of shit. I mean, I'm finding more and more as I like, because I'm, I'm pretty much, especially as it's like getting bigger and bigger now, like I still have my hand in everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying, and I'm seeing more and more of like, okay, I hate that. So yeah. you can do that if you'd like. But like, I love this part. Well,
0: I really hope that you get like the funding that you deserve, you know?
1: Yeah, we're 25% to full funding. So, um, but I mean, I I'm emailing people every day. Yeah. Having meetings every day. Um, I hate asking for money. Yeah, it's my it least sucks. favorite
0: thing in the world to do. It sucks. Ugh. You know, I'm a creative person. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I have, I've come to accept that I'm eccentric. You know, mm, <laughs> like yep. ah, I'm eccentric. You know, that's why I'm <laughs> going to wear this and do this. Yes, like, at this time of the day. Um, but like, it just does not jive with. Um, finances and what goes into actually like hitting that out of the park and so I don't even know how you're doing it I don't even know how you're doing it like cheers to you whenever people start to talk <laughs> to me about finances I pretty much just want to like put my hoodie up and like roll into a ball <laughs> <laughs> until I like walk away and yep. stand back up like nothing happened uh, like that's that's my inner like that's what pulls me inside
1: yeah <laughs> like yeah
0: that wasn't real
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I actually, uh, I just met Heather Nelson's on the board of directors for GCN, and okay. she got my pitch folder somehow for You Are Welcome Here. And now she's like a mentor of mine. And I met with her the other day, and I was like, yo, like, I, I just feel like my dream's too big. Like, you know, I, like, what if I don't get the money? Like, what if I don't come through? That's where I'm at, right? I'm yeah. And she was like, Jazz, it's not about the money. Like, money is a tool. Like, you're building, you're building things. So you like, say that
0: to people with empty pockets. I know. And what I want to do is strangle you, but you're right.
1: <laughs> you're so right. Because <laughs> it's really just connecting story to story. That's really what it is. She, and she yeah. showed me how simple it was. She was like, you just need, like, 30 people to give you $500, and you're at your goal. Like, that's it. And I was like, I have 100 people right now on my spreadsheet. And I'm not even done. So it's like, you know, it made it simple cool. for me in my mind of just like, okay.
0: So you are actually getting on the phone and
1: more emailing than on the phone also on the phone yes
0: but asking people like making it just like a hard ask yeah Uh, i did that i did that i did that and it was my least oh like i'm just cringing right now just thinking about it like i think it's giving me like the (laughs) hives or something
1: you know i i don't mind it so much in terms of like because I, I believe in what I'm doing and I know that we're building something. If it was just money for me to like go and like fuck around, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, that feels weird. But it's like, but I know where your money's going and I can prove that to you and I can show that to you. And like, and I know what you're investing in. We'll come back and also like reinvest in your community. And so that's kind of how I'm, a, I kind of share it with other people, especially um, I mean, there's a church in Denver, Denver community church, that just became inclusive and affirming. And they lost a lot of their congregation, which meant a lot of their money. Yeah. And so got on the phone with the head pastor, and I was like, yo, like, come and table at my conference. I don't care. You can't give me shit. But, like, I want to be able to have people, like, come and look at your church and then be able to, like, have people, like, reinvest in what you're doing so you guys can stay alive. So there's things like that, like, where I – I don't know, where I kind of get – back in touch with what Heather was telling me like it's not about the money, money's mm-hmm. a tool you know, it'll yeah. come, it'll come or it won't come and then I scale back and that's fine but like, yeah, you know
0: hmm.
1: I'm learning a lot along the way <laughs>
0: Sounds like you're the person for the job
1: <laughs> Somehow kind of happened
0: Yeah. Oh. I'm just like, like right now with um, the app I know that we launched and it cost way more than I ever thought it would but like there we're I'm kind of like at a at like the end of the road, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, okay, I can't continue financing it this way because like there's nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the point where I'm trying to find an investor and like in my heart I'm I'm thinking, I just want one person, two at the max, who mm-hmm. are so in love with what I'm doing and can put forward the money and maybe even make more connections. Yep. Um, and I got into this accelerator program in New York for startups, oh. and it's really cool, but like their idea of, of like moving forward is um, pitching to a room full of like people, like lots of people, over and over and over again, <laughs> until people start throwing their money at you, you know, and then you have like a ton of investors you know, and then the the company takes on like a whole new shape and a whole new idea. And I'm like, that's not I, I mean, I'm just I'm really scared, but I'm also in need. You know, yeah. I'm scared of like, the idea that what I have created would change so much that it's no longer familiar because of needing the money to come in and i think that's like the major difference between being an up, up being for profit and non-profit and i was like i'm not going to be a non-profit i'm not going to do that i'm not our community is awash with non-profits yep. we don't need any more non-profits nope. we need like like a contributing source of income
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and that's what i'm trying to pull off so yeah i mean that's the
1: that's the goal for me too long term mm-hmm of course, I have no idea how to do that, but... <laughs> I'm trying to get people in my life that know how to do that, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But the work is worth it. You know? No matter what it, what it ends up being like and how the conference looks, but I'm
0: working hard. Yeah. As I get to the end of my drink, there's two things I think that I forgot to talk to you about. One is what... You believe as far as the Bible is concerned hmm and the second is how this whole journey has affected how you view sex
1: cool okay um I haven't opened my Bible probably in three years <laughs>
0: um,
1: because the majority of the Bible verses that I was told to read or that I said I mean I studied the thing inside and out when I was at CCU and even Denver Seminary and I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable um, but all of the verses that I read were read through this lens of, you're not okay, like, you're gay, so therefore, throw that off. Like, throw off, like, your flesh. The flesh, a.k.a., was my attraction to women. So, like, stuff like that where I oh. couldn't, I couldn't, like, Here. rethink it. I couldn't, yeah, I could, it couldn't be different for me. It couldn't be anything different to me. Um, it probably could now. I haven't gone back to it yet, but, um, I mean, I would consider myself more of a skeptic than anything else. More of a poet. Um, more of like a a visionary. Like I really, I believe that, I I mean, I believe in like the the revolution or the evolution of religion and faith spaces. I believe that there are certain things that you can take from um, different passages, different sacred books and sacred texts that can really improve the quality of life for folks. Um, And I believe in affirming that. Yeah. Um, And so I it goes against everything that I was taught at CCU Endeavor Seminary, you know, of, like, the different hermeneutics and ways to read the Bible and such. Oh. Um, but I just, I believe that um, whatever keeps people alive, um, <laughs> I'm for. Yeah. Um, and as far as sex goes, um, this whole journey, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's been, like, a slow coming into my myself and who I am, and... i feel like when it when my sexuality was termed as ssa i held it outside of me kind of like because i compared it to like oh like if you're an alcoholic like you you know you struggle with those things and like it's outside of you and so whenever i tell my friends i'm like no this is different because it's inside of me like it lives here and i can't just like extract it from me and then put it over here and then struggle with it you know um And so, as soon as I kind of like let that piece come into me, my first coming out letter that I wrote to myself was entitled "Coming Home," and you know, coming home to myself. Um, And I feel like ever since then, it's just kind of been like a like I think sex is wonderful and beautiful, and I I don't know, like I enjoy it, (laughs) like you know. say
0: you're still a virgin, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long journey. I just can't do it <laughs> just terrified of women you're straight you're straight, <laughs> yeah, straight. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, but I mean it's I didn't really have much there wasn't a lot attached to like sex for me cause in terms of like trauma or different things that I had to work through it was more about accepting myself and the way that I lived out my sexual attraction
0: hmm. I think for a lot of people, like, sex in general is, um, being terrified of being a virgin Mm. for too long, um, being terrified of, like, (sighs) being found out that you actually like somebody, Uh you know, and you think of them that way, Uh um, but I think sometimes (coughs) in our, in our growth and maturation, we get into, like, this, um, I want to, s- we get into like this flow where we're more focused on ourselves than we are with getting sex or finding a person to like make a relationship with and like be with. And did you ever find yourself in that? Just like that space of, you know what? I'm not interested in dating. I just need to pay attention to me right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that was, like, I feel like I used that in, like, a really unhealthy way, because I feel like I've used it as, as an excuse, you know, and that was, my, that was my excuse to the at CCU. That could
0: be an excuse to just, like, fuck around, or that could be an excuse to just, like, be celibate and closed off.
1: And be celibate and closed off, that was my deal.
0: Even though people are interested, mm-hmm. and, okay, that was
1: my you. deal. I mean, because I was, like, I mean, I would say that I was, like, a, tr- a rule follower at heart always have been, you know, things are starting to change now, but like, I mean,
0: always was. So you're like purity culture. This is the way that yeah. it has to be.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, it, I mean, there was a lot of shame around just my sexual orientation. Cause it, I mean, it wasn't believed to be a sexual orientation. It was just yeah. like this thing that was wrong with me.
0: Why don't you put down the bottle? Yeah,
1: exactly. to <laughs> make your life better. Yeah. There was just no way to like, because when I was told, like, oh, you know, just, like, throw, throw that off jazz, like, you know, like, pray, blah, blah, blah and I'd be like, but, like, it's in me. Like, it lives in me, and it's part of me, and it's something that I feel like I need to welcome.
0: So, um, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but was figuring out the sex question a large part of what took you to the mental institution about the suicide attempt?
1: The shame around it? The shame. Yeah,
0: or just trying to figure it out and not wanting to...
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I felt whenever I was attracted to, like, any person in my life, which usually was, like, a straight woman, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> They're the most feminine You know, yeah. exactly. Hyper Yeah, know. and I wasn't, like, around, like, a whole lot of, like, like LGBTQ folks, like, yeah. in the space that I was... inhabiting. Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, I definitely. Especially because it was, like, there was, it was the shame of feeling attracted and then feeling dumb, feeling attracted to somebody who was straight. And then being, like, is this going to be, like, my life where I just keep on doing this because I can't find anyone? Like, and, but it, like, uh. but there's also, like, that part of, like, but what if I can never actually live out the way that I want to, like, live my life? Like, so there's, like, that kind of, like, you're sitting there and you're, like, okay, I'm just going to keep on falling in love with straight people. And then, like kind of distancing myself and isolating myself and then coming back to the community. Dangerous mind pits, man. Exactly, so it was like this weird cycle that I was in, so I feel like being in the mental health facility kind of broke that.
0: Who was it that um, coaxed you out of that craziness?
1: I you don't have Angela. to
0: say Angela mm-hmm. was just like, listen, dude.
1: <laughs> Which, I mean, she like.
0: You need to confront the pussy.
1: <laughs> it is your friend. <laughs> I mean, I met her at seminary, and she, I mean, she ended up leaving seminary and dropping out with me because she knew she couldn't be there anymore and support me. Dope. Like, there was an ally, that's one.
0: That's a friendship, man. Yeah.
1: Um, That's a connection. Yeah. Yeah. She's loved me through hell and back. Yeah. Yeah. And really, I mean, affirmed me through and through, Mm -hmm. even when other people didn't. Yeah, I got you. It was just like, yo, like, it's okay to be the way you are, dummy. Like, you know? <laughs> no, yeah. So I I graduated
0: undergrad, and at the end of undergrad, I decided to come out. And it wasn't until then that I started to, like, figure out my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I had these two friends, um, Sarah and Katrina. And, like, we would go out in Philadelphia, and just, like, they introduced me to a girl party... <laughs> what the fuck is that you've never been to a girl party oh my god you should have come to philly i'm serious no wait in dc i'm sure we can find something okay, cool. for dating change um but no it's like because you know how like there really are there's like one in a million um lesbian bars right yes yeah, there's, like, there's there's no lesbian bars. They're all closing down. They're all dead. And so um, these party promoters will throw an entire party just for queer women. And, and it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. They will choose, like, a wonderful, beautiful venue and, I mean, and just, like, like my mom is gonna listen to this but, like, like, there'll be like like a like female exotic dancers dancing in the middle of the floor and like this is like for like hardcore just like i want to go out tonight and i'm gonna yes. have a good time yes
1: oh my gosh i need to find someone who's in dc i've never heard of this before but i'm loving it already
0: well yeah well they introduced me to girl parties and like they only happen like once or twice a month you know but that's like all you really need yeah. um all you can really handle <laughs> that's all you can really handle is to like go and like see like the various kinds of just like queer woman you know and just like and it, it like that is what blew my mind when I realized um how I guess like when I was in school I used to see women who weren't hyper femme and I would judge them and I'd be mm-hmm. like oh you can't do anything better but then I went to this place, you know, these girl parties, and I realized these people are choosing to do this. These people are owning their wow. identities, their shapes, their colors, mm-hmm. their, like, their heels, their flats, and they are just, like, so into what they're doing with their expression. And I was like, oh my god, like, this, this, this is like going from coloring with, like, a pencil to, like, like uh, sixty-four Crayola colors, you, you know, just pads, like, yeah, like, pow, like my brain blew up, <laughs> you know. It was like, uh, man, I miss those days. I miss those days, but that was my Angela.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. it
0: was like my Angela moments were just like getting to understand um, femininity outside of the confines of like heterosexuality. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's super interesting femininity outside of heterosexuality.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we, hanging around in like in those spaces when you you know you're not you're not one of them, you know, but you're also trying to like keep up with it all. Yeah. And like translate it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like this person sending this signal to me, it means they want to be a friend, mm-hmm. but I know that to everyone else, it means they're flirting. So. How do I respond? <laughs> you know.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm. Yep. Yeah, I never know. Whenever a woman likes me, I'm very bad at it. Very bad at reading it. Really? I mean. I mean, yeah. <laughs> to an extent. Can I like, be
0: your wingman? Uh, yeah, that would please. Be so fun. Please. To walk into it's a place. Nice
1: to meet you. Like.
0: uh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's like hanging off your arm, and you're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna go get a drink. <laughs> Could you leave me alone? Y'all, we're about to go out in D.C. It'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a great time in D.C. I know we are. Yes. And that's our show. Find out more about Yahweh at welcomeyawh.org. Jazz is also raising funds to stay in the country and complete her education. Check out the link to her GoFundMe page in the show notes um, and also on the podcast page of my website. And please don't forget to check out our Bible app. If you haven't downloaded it, please download it. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Subscribing really, really helps me to continue to uh, put together the really awesome content that you find on the app. Um, And if you want to find out more about me, Crystal Cheatham, you can hit me up at hi at crystalcheatham.com or Twitter at crystalcheatham. Okay, bye.